G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, April 10. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Jackpot Joel Marshall and any minute now, Dynamite Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, first day of the championships and uh, what a cracking 10 race card awaits. Indeed, Barks. Yeah, really exciting meeting on Saturday. The uh, Well, you know, we get these big meetings and we just expect rain in Sydney, don't we? We had a, a fair bit of rainfall on Wednesday night, which has tipped the track into heavy. I think fine weather to come. We'll get back into soft. Um, so, look, I, I was certainly basing my selections around a, around a sort of a soft six surface, which I think was probably what we'll get back to. Uh, some very tough races. We've got a couple of very tough group ones and a couple of very wide open races early in the card. So uh, plenty of value to be had and, yeah, really looking forward to it. Speaking of tough group ones, Daniel, I noticed you have, have, uh, you're tipping a fairly big day for James Cummings and Sheikh Mohammed on Saturday. Yeah, I am. I think they, um, look, as Joel said, they're very open additions. That TJ Smith's a ripping sprint field. Um, the few of those have really reached their peak, this preparation, and which makes it an intriguing contest and in the Doncaster as well. Um, it's always open, these these Group 1 miles, and no different here. <clears throat> I do think it's a big game, the Godolphin team. Um, hopefully a couple of his horses who hasn't won, haven't won in some time can set up to the plate. I think they can on Saturday, but uh, yeah, as Joel touched on, plenty of value in each race, and um, you can pick two or three winners on the card. I think you'll be you'll be in front. All right, well, four big Group Ones, all worth uh, millions of dollars, and there's black type throughout the day, apart from one of the more fascinating races, of course, which is the uh, half a million dollar Country Championship final. So we will take you right through the ten race card at Royal Randwick on Saturday. Listeners, sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of tea, uh, hit the pause button and uh, come back. Race one at um, at uh, Royal Randwick on Saturday is the Widden Kindergarten Stakes, 1,100 metres. And uh, I was reading some uh, quotes, speaking of Godolphin, sent out by James Cummings during the week. And... Uh, I just wish I had them in front of me because uh, what he described this as uh, daycare for uh, Australia's best uh, future three-year-olds. But uh, anyway, uh, Joel, what did you find for us winning the kindergarten? Yeah, I really tossed up here. I'll, I'll probably back two horses. I've gone with three King of Sparta just with the race experience. He was very good on debut behind Halal. A little bit disappointing next time out behind Stay Inside, but just settled too far back from a wide gate. I thought his run in the silver slipper was good. He should have finished in the placings. He got badly hampered. About 150 out when hitting the line well. I liked his recent trial length. This just sets up nicely for him. I think he's over the odds at $9. Uh, I'm a fan of the newcomer, number 11, Bahama. Well-bred, hit the line strongly in her only trial. There's money for her. She's into around $6, so obviously expected to run well on debut. Libertini debuted in this race a couple of years ago and ran a, a very good minor placing. So the newcomers can perform well. One, Pulele, who's back in trip, speaking of the Godolphin camp, didn't savage the line in the last 100 metres in the size, but he was held up between the 400 and the 200. And I think he should have finished closer. I think also the drop back in distance will suit. And eight, Vandula Lass. Interesting. I couldn't find a recent jump out down in Melbourne for her, and she certainly hasn't trialled publicly in Sydney. So it's, um, yeah, a bit of a strange one, but she looked pretty smart in that first prep back in December. And I'd expect her to be uh, pretty forward for this. But three on top from 11, 1 and 8. Yeah, with one of the first starters in Bahama. Um, I put her in the black book after watching that trial at Warwick Farm late last month. It was a, it was a lovely piece of work. She, <clears throat> obviously think quite highly of her. To chuck her in a race like this on Daboo. Um, but as Joel touched on, the, the early money money's pretty pleasing and um, I'm, I'm keen to back her in this. I think Paul, Paul Ailey can certainly run well. Um, back in back to a sprint trip. Uh, so did not have luck in the Super much luck in the Silver Slipper. First up, um, those two wins in Sydney and Melbourne over sprint trips last preparation were very good. Um, you can certainly figure here. King of Sparta as well, um, going well without winning, and Vandula last as well. So similar numbers to Joel, 11, 1, 3, 8. Yeah, daycare for future Australian sprinting stars, says James Cummings. Race 2, Fujitsu General Carbine Club Stakes. 
1600 metre group three for three-year-olds at seven weights and penalties, Joel. Yeah, I've gone with the favourite, uh, number four, the Irishman. He's been pretty well found here, um, but expectedly so. He was good winning his first start from New Zealand at Warwick Farm and then went to the group two, Farlap and beat all bar Hungry Heart, who of course came out and won the group one Vinery last week, so it's the right form. I think one Poland can improve. I just I had to have the Irishman above him just for the, with, at the weights. Um, he goes up two and a half kilos off that far lap run, where he was over a month between runs, sort of five or six weeks between runs. He had that setback where he missed the, uh, the Australian Guineas, and I just think he would have taken plenty of benefit from that run. He's trialed since, so even though he's got a big weight, I think he can be very competitive. Poland two wheelhouse looks the other obvious contender. Chris Waller did mention earlier in the week he wanted to try and sneak into the Doncaster. He needs one more scratching, so he may get in, but uh, he should run very well here back from the 2000. Of course, he was fourth in the Randwick in his two runs back. And I've thrown the filly in for fourth number 12, Kiku. She's done a really good job this prep, handled dry, handled heavy, and they've been pretty dominant wins. I don't think the step-up in trip will be a problem for her. Four on top for me from one, two, and 12. Yes, yeah, to keep watch on uh, whether Wheelhouse does make that field in the Doncaster. I'm hoping he runs here because I think it'll be hard to beat in this. Uh, quite a backwall price too, around that 450, 460. I thought he was uh, really, really good in the Randwick Guineas, despite not having the, the easiest sort of runs in transit. And stepped up to the 2000 in the Rosehook in his last start. And look, ran well, found a few better on the day, but wasn't beaten far. Um, and it was a pleasing effort um, to this Greg, considering he was around benchmark three-year-old races at the start of the preparation. Um, back back to the 1,600 metres, I don't think it's any knock whatsoever. And he'll get the last crack at them wheelhouse. So if he are pretty keen on what is a tough day, uh, the four and next, the Irishman, hard to ignore the hungry heart form after what that girl did last weekend. One, Poland, going well. The win at Caulfield first up was was very good at 1,400 metres. Um, and I think now third up um, certainly will be... Harder to, uh, harder to catch from in front. In for fourth over 12, Kiku. Two, similar numbers to Jolien. Two, four, one, 12. As mentioned, race three at Randwick on Saturday is the New Haven Park Country Championships final. 1,400 metres, special conditions, set weights, uh, and worth half a million dollars. 16 qualifiers to face the start of the uh, first Two home in each of the eight heats, and there are seven emergencies ready to jump in should anything go wrong with uh, any of the main field. And, uh, Joel, you've uh, got one here um, at massive, massive odds. Indeed, yeah. Number 13, Charm Me Baby. I think uh, she she was $26 early in the week off noms. The barrier... Barry Draw came out. She drew 16, went straight out to 51. I think she's trimmed into around 31 or 41 now. Yeah, I really like her. She's just uh, just off the strength of that qualifier win. It was probably not one of the strongest qualifiers, but it was just an impressive win there at Scone. She was third up. She was peaking. She put three and a half lengths on her nearest rival. There was gaps in behind. And then they went to Rose Hill just for the tune-up run. Benchmark 88. It was a race she couldn't win. She was big odds, but Really like the way she attacked the line. She had the second best last 400-200 behind Nudge. Nudge ran super last week. And, of course, the Cornell of that race was Yao Dash and Star Spangled Rodeo, both winners last Saturday. So I think the way she handled herself in that race suggests she can be very competitive here. And, yeah, I've gone looking for one of the – that I think's over the odds. It's a strange race because watching all the heats, most of the winners and even the, the runners-up all came from back in the field in their qualifiers. So – the pace of the race is a bit up in the air, but um, hopefully they'll be coming out wide and that'll suit Charmy Baby. I think 12 Spirinac's the danger. This is a, a promising sort. She's won five from 11. The real only miss of late was in the Group 3 Triskay. She was just outclassed there, but she bounced back to win her qualifier in good fashion at Tamworth. Uh, three, Art Cadeau. I think he's short enough at $2.60. I know he was odds on when he won his qualifier at Goulburn. He's done little wrong. In fact, he's never missed the Cornella in 10 goes. So there's really no knocks on him. He handles all conditions. I just think in a race like this, 260, 270 is a shade short. And one plonker, he had no luck in this last year. He was wide throughout and ran really well uh, to run third. He looks back in form, having won the wild card at Musselbrook. He's just unfortunately drawn another wide gate. 13 on top for me from 12, 3 and 1.
I like the 12 Spiranak here. Uh, yeah, she, she's had three starts as prep. Two of those pretty impressive wins rounding up the field. And as Joel touched on, the only fail was um, classed in the Triscay. Reese Jones and her get along very well. She's um, She races well on affected going. She races well on top of the ground. And she just knows how to win this mare. So from a good draw, um, I think she ticks a lot of boxes. Spiranak, so she'll be my main bet in the race. I love something on the two healing hands as well. Um, it was first up for about 10 months uh, or 11 months when resuming at Mudgee in the, in the qualifier there. <clears throat> Got a long way back and really, really attacked the line. He's, he too has a very good running record. He's won five of 10, um, very lightly raced six-year-old gelding. And with that run under the belt, I think he can <clears throat> take some holding out with even luck. The three art Cadeau, certainly short enough, but has to be included on recent form in um, exotics. And four, another one who seldom runs poorly, this three-year-old gelding. Race four, four at Ramwick on Saturday. TAB, Adrian Knox Stakes, 2,000-metre group three quality for three-year-old fillies. Last a roll of dice for some of these ahead of the Oaks next week. Joel, what did you like? Well, I'll be retiring if I get this pick four because uh, <laughs> I've gone for... For value right through the numbers here. It's certainly a race I'll be getting involved in. Last two winners of this race have come through a benchmark 64 at Kembla Grange. I speak of Oliferous and Colette. And I'm banking on that similar form line. I've taken the pair of horses that uh, Quinella to race at Kembla Grange last Saturday. I've gone for 12 star point on top. She's out of a Galileo mare. I think she's just going to relish getting up in trip. I thought she handled herself okay in the Group 3 Kembla Grange Classic second up beaten just over two lengths behind Miravale. And then she was really strong late at Kembla last week to overhaul Seduction Queen. Now, Seduction Queen, worth noting, both her wins have been with blinkers on. She hasn't had them on at either run this time in, but they go on here third up. She was a strong winner over 1,870 metres last prep. I think she's going to be certainly very strong here at the end of 2,000 metres. Six land Ahoy, I think, is over the odds at around 1920 to 1. In the right stable with John Sargent. This Dundee or Philly was impressive at Newcastle. The margin wasn't as big as Canberra as, at Canberra last time out, but she had 59 and she stayed at the mile. She's clearly looking for further. I think she's over the odds. And 14 Tycoon Haley's a really interesting runner. All three runs for Chris Waller. Connections have moved her on to Brad Widdett. Everything she's done in all her three races suggested she's really going to find 2,000 right to her liking. All her runs have been quite good. So, yeah, I've gone looking for value here. 12, 10, 6, 14. With the three on top, flexible it was a real flashing light run from her at the Kensington midweek last start. She was stepping up from the sixteen hundred to the eighteen hundred meters, and look on the turn, you didn't really like her. She was a three eighty favorite in the race. Um, wouldn't have been too keen on her, but the way she really, the way she attacked the line the last two hundred meters is excellent. She did a brilliant job to finish as close as she did, considering where she was on the turn. <clears throat> hey, look back at her form. I think the form around her reads pretty well, and she's just crying out for this two thousand meters. Um, now flexible and uh, from the good draw, I think she'll be really hard to hold out. The nine in next Brookspire, um, look, was stepping up in group three last start and, and certainly held her own. Um, she too will appreciate the rise of 2,000 metres. Checkerboard as a runs on the board over these longer trips. She's a, um, a listed winner at 2,100 metres and she's run well on some pretty good horses throughout the preparation. Seldom runs poorly um, and she too has drawn ideally. And in for fourth of the 10 seduction queen. Three to beat nine. Race five at Royal Rambic on Saturday. Schweppes, chairman's quality, 2,600 metre group two quality. Some of these on their way to the Sydney Cup next week. Joel, what do you like? Look, on the 12 paths of glory to turn his form around. He's only $13 for a horse that's got seventh of 10, last of seven, eighth of 10 in front of him this prep. So you probably wouldn't want to take any shorter than $13. But I thought it was a sort of a bit of a hidden good run in the Selwood last week. Uh, the pattern of the day and certainly the tempo of the race. They came home you know, sort of 33 seconds for their last 600. He came in and home in 33.52. He, so he just couldn't win from back where he was. But just think he, just going back to his first Australian preparation, he had two runs, did absolutely nothing, and then really improved third up. And he went on to, to perform quite well deeper into that prep, including a fifth in the Metrop. So just hoping that he needed those two runs this to kick off this prep. And he was ready to improve last week, and the race just didn't set up for him. So maybe it's Saturday 
we'll see improvement from him. Two, the Kiwi Concert Hall. She's a winner out to 2,300 metres. She had a bit of a setback after winning the Group 1 Zabil Classic back on Boxing Day. She got loose and at the barriers and, uh, yeah, quite miraculously came through it quite unscathed. I think she jumped a fence, ended up in a, in a kid's playground. But um, she was going to come over for the Australian Cup, but that to sort of bypass that. And she's had two runs back in New Zealand, ticking over well. She brings a bit of class here. Five hush rider. Look, the wet track's going to play against him. Although he actually handled the soft seven not too bad last time out. He gave a pretty good kick in the Mannion. So the drier, the better for him. And 11, Salino, looks a real stayer. His last 100 metres in the Mannion Cup was good. He's uh, performed over 3,600 over in the UK. So, look, he's shaping as a bit of a sneaky Sydney Cup hope, and I think he can be competitive here. 12 on top for me from 2, 5, and 11. Yeah, found this one tough. I'm going to give another chance to, to collide. I made my best bet a couple of weeks ago um, in the Mannion Cup. He got a long way back there from the wide draw and was never really sighted from back there. <clears throat> Nothing really ran on in the race. And um, he was yeah, he just was beaten quite convincingly. I bet the margin was about nine lengths in the race. I think up in trip will certainly help. He won't get as far back from barrier one, you'd think. Uh, I just wouldn't. Won't be dropping off him yet after that after that uh, last start run, considering nothing really made ground. And the first up run behind Mount Popa and Sacramento was promising. So now third up in Australia, rising in trip, as I mentioned. Um, just going to give Collide one more chance at double figure odds. Concert Hall, yeah, as Joel said, ticking over nicely. Two runs in New Zealand. Good behind Melody Bell last start. One Mirage Dancer. Um, I think another who had an excuse <clears throat> last start when racing tight. Between runners, the, the run in the sky high has him right in this second up behind Toffee Tongue, third and third there. And in for fourth, I have the 10, Rondonella. Um, we'll certainly appreciate the rise and trip this mare. Um, she hasn't won in some time. It's been over two years, but um, she seldom runs poorly and uh, I think she can finally line, hit in the line hard. Nine to be two. And that brings us to the group ones, which occupy slots six, seven, eight and nine. At Randwick on Saturday, first of them is race six, English Spires, 1,400 metres, set weights for two-year-olds, worth a million bucks. Uh, Animo, the favourite, coming through a top run, top runs in the Golden Slipper and, uh, and the Blue Diamond also earlier in the, or, or back in the summer. Um, fun fact about the ATC size, the favourite has only won once in the past 12 years. Bit of a favourite's graveyard, and Joel, no surprise that you have found one to knock off the favourite. Yeah, well, interesting to read that stat. As you say, a bit of a graveyard for favourites. Look, I'd liked Captivant and the Slipper. Um, had a bit of a ticket on him at the 80-1. to 1 And look, I, I, in the back of my mind, I knew it probably wasn't his race and the size was going to be. But I came out of that race thinking he would win the size. I thought it was an excellent performance, finishing fifth. He was in restricted room in the final furlong. He kept finding the line. Animo was probably more eye-catching out wide, really flashing home from a long way back. I think Captivant could have finished closer with uh, with more room. And I think at the odds, eight or nine dollars, I'd much rather be with Captivant. This has been his grand final. Animo's already been through a couple of grand finals in the Diamond and the Slipper. Uh, Animo in for second. I think he's clearly the one to beat. Six, Halal's the other big chance. Another wide gate for him. Mostly in the Pago Pago. He went right back to last. He had the fourth best last 400, 200 of the meeting. It was a very good run. He's just going to need a bit of luck again. And no knock on the Victorian three lightsaber. He's just done nothing wrong. He's ticked the 1,400-metre box twice. He beat last week's Shrep of Essence winner in safe in the VRC size. So, look, nothing wrong with his form. He's going to make his own luck. Two on top for me, though, from one, six, and three. Yeah, same Quinella. Um, I've got the two on top, Captivants. Look, Animo's been... Deserves to be favourite on what he has done this preparation, and he was excellent the slipper. But what Captain has does have improvement to come this uh, third up. He too was very good in the slipper, um, and I think we'll appreciate rising to fourteen hundred metres more of the two. So two on top of the one, eight four moves ahead. Um, hard to knock wasn't in all that far in the slipper, um, and in for fourth of the six. Halal. two to be one eight race two. seven. <clears throat> At Royal Randwick on Saturday, first leg of the quaddy, second of the Group 1's Bentley Australian Derby, 2,400 metre for three-year-olds at set weights. It is worth two million bucks. 
now, the fun fact about this is that six of the past eight Australian Derby winners have been last start winners. And as you may well be aware, the past four have uh, backed up from the Tullock Stakes. So that's good news for Yale Town. The bad news for Yale Town is my other fun fact, which is that uh, no Australian Derby winner has jumped from a double-figure barrier since Roman Empire, Emperor in 2009. Yale Town has drawn 10, could quite easily, only needs one scratching to... Uh, come into a single-figure gate. But the only other last start winner in the field is Rocket Spade, uh, Joel. And as I think we were reminded in several places in Winning Post this week, uh, comes off that New Zealand derby win where uh, the form has not been franked. Yeah, indeed, Barks. It's really interesting this year. There was nothing between Rocket Spade, Milford or the front man in that New Zealand derby. They went to line pretty well locked together. We've seen Milford fail in the Rose Hill Guineas. He was sort of all at sea there on the turn and looked very green. And well, You can get 50 to 1 for him now. And the front man, well, every, all the listeners would know, I was really going into bat for him last week. And he was very disappointing once he got clear. So, look, there is that little asterisk over the New Zealand form. Um, I certainly respect Rocket Spade. He's, well, he's a winner. He's won five from nine. So I think he's certainly a chance. But look, a tricky race. You've said before the Tullock Stakes has really been the form race for this last four years. The, the Tullock winners backed up and got the job done. I watched the Tullock last week and thought clearly the best run of the race was Young Werther. So that's the way I've gone. He had to start his run by himself, sort of getting no cover into the race from the 700. I thought he kept battling away really strongly. He's just taken that little bit of improvement with each run this prep. I think he's really ready to peak on grand final day. They've put the blinkers on. The Tavistocks usually react well to the shades and a bit of sting out of the ground too, I think, will suit this son of Tavistock. So young Werther for me. From 16, Montefilia, the filly, she's going to give this race a huge shake. She went from 1,400 to 2,000 in the Rose Hill Guinea, second up, four weeks between runs. It was a very good performance there to run third behind Mawanga. I think she's the hardest to beat. I've thrown five, the front man, in for third. As I said, I couldn't really find an excuse last week. He followed first and second along the rails in the run, and then he got clear and just didn't really find. I think they'll ride him a bit more positively on Saturday. I think they'll try and put him in the first three or four. I'm convinced that he's the pick of the Kiwi, so that's why I'm going to give him another chance and keep him safe in the numbers. And three, Skylab. He was very good in the Rose Hill Guineas, and he's looked a derby type for some time. Uh, seven on top for me from 16, five and three. Yeah, I went 16 on top, Montefilia. She's ready to peak now, third up. Excellent with the, the sharp rise and trip to the 2000 last start, and um, I think they're ready to win here. And hard to beat for the line of 16. There's seven, certainly a chance. He's obviously come back a much more young worth. They obviously come back much more Dow this time in. He's had a funny prep with. Um, First couple of starts really only get going late. Um, his two runs since stepping up to 2,000 metres have been very good. And as Joel said, was underwriting quite a under um, pressure quite early, but kept coming and looks obviously really looking forward to the um, horizon trip here. So hit hardest to beat the seven. Three Skylab going well this time in and six Yale Tan. Look, he was in the place to be in front. Uh, last start, but no knock on the win. He kept going, and uh, it was a good win. He can certainly run well again. 16, Race 7, 8 3, at Randwick on Saturday. Heineken, TJ Smith stakes. 1,200 metres, Group 1 standard weight for age, worth $2.5 million. Usually sorts out the champion sprinter of the year and quite often, indeed, the champion race horse of the year. My fun facts... Saddlecloth 1 and 3 have provided 6 of the past 7 winners and as barriers 8 and 11 have provided 5 of the past 6. So that was going to be great news for Eduardo who carries number 3 and drew 8 but Hopri on her is out from bed gate 4 which means uh, Eduardo goes back to 7 and uh, into the golden barrier comes dirty work but uh, I can't pretend that those are particularly meaningful facts. Uh, Joel, what did you like here? Yeah, it's a cracking race. I don't know if I've ever tipped Bivouac to win, but I'm tipping him on Saturday. I just think the barrier draws in his favour. He drew pretty well in this race last year, but he just was awkward getting out of the gates and he sort of copped a bit of a bump and just saw him settle back in the last two or three. I think he was back near last on the turn and he had no hope, but he did make good ground behind Nature Strip. Of course, he was very good in the Everest. This track and trip again, this time from a wide gate back in the spring and then 
his big win in the VRC Classic. I thought a thousand in the Lightning first up was always going to be a risk. He then went to the Canterbury Stakes and wide got over racing, just looked ugly. But I thought he stuck on well. He maps just to park behind the speed here and get the lovely run, assuming he is cleanly away, which I don't see why he won't be. Um, so, look, he's my top selection. Two Nature Strip won this race last year. Uh, very good winning the Lightning first up. And then he was just edged out by Eduardo next time. But I think getting to 1,200, can see him turn the tables on that horse. 11 September run, got very close to Nature Strip and the Lightning. She didn't have all favours in the new market. And also the William Reed pattern against. She flew home out wide for fourth. She's going really well. And nine Libertini, she had the wide gate against in the William Reed. She also had a wide gate in the Everest. So uh, here on Saturday, she's uh, lobbed with barrier one. So she gets her chance to uh, really measure up in one of the big ones. But one bivouac for me from 2.11 and 9. Yeah, sets up nicely for bivouac from the draw um, here. And look, I, I don't think he's really lost any admirers first or second up. He was caught wide last start. Um, his third up run last preparation was that... Um, Excellent win in the VRC Classic where he thrashed Nature Strip. I think he's ready to peak third up. That's some of his best racing when third up. And I'm going to be with him, the, the big B on top, the one. <clears throat> Two, Nature Strip is always got to be added in the game. If he races up to his best and um, can sort of get away with it out in front, he can certainly, um, certainly will take some beating. In for third, I've got that Mask Crusader, who I did give a big chance to in the William Reed and uh, once he got that sort of needle eye opening in the straight, he really burst through it as a some sort of win, and I guess a win that he's always been quite highly regarded. But uh, I think that win sort of uh, sort of stamped his authority in amongst the the really good horses, really good Australian sprinters at the moment. Um, I think he can go right on with it. And in for fourth, I have the 11 September run, who I thought was from a mile back in the William Reed was um, was some sort of run, and she's a very exciting filly. Sprinting Philly, one, five, one, two, five, and 11. And race nine is the big one on day one of the championships. It is the start. Doncaster Mile, 1,600-metre handicap, and it is worth $3 million. Uh, fun facts about this. Don't be scared of a wide gate because eight of the past 12 winners have jumped from double-figure barriers. Uh, no winner since Assertive Lad in 2001, 20 years ago has come off a last uh, finish worse than sixth, but uh, in the 20-horse field, that actually only wipes out Forbidden Love, Natoya, Funstar, Dallasan, and I guess Zaki and Olmedo, who are first up, and also Shout the Bar and uh, Star of the Sea. So, in fact, it actually uh, does trim it up quite well for you, Quaddy. Joel, what did you like here? Well, I'm giving the... Uh... The Kiwi star three-year-old, another go in Aegon. I think the uh, soft range that the track's going to be in will be right up his alley. We saw what he was capable of in the Hobartville. That was when he was making it five from five. He then went to the Randwick Guineas as a $2.60 favourite. He had a tough run anyway. He was wide throughout and never really had a cover. It was the first time he'd backed up within four weeks. It was a two-week backup. And it was the first time on sort of a genuine dry track. And saying that, he was beaten only three and a half lengths, finishing midfield. So I thought there was enough against him there. I'm a huge rap for him, so I have to give him another chance. He's weighted right up here, 53 kilos. They haven't missed him, but he is the same weight, I guess, as Sacred Falls, his sire, who won the race with a very similar profile. He'd won the 2,000 guineas. Uh, He'd been beaten in his lead-up runs coming through the Randwick and Rose Hill guineas. So, look, he's weighted similarly to him. Um, but uh, yeah, he's going to be—he's going to need to be very good. But I think he is. So I'm with Aegon. I can uh, save on ten Cascadian. I know he's a bit of a money muncher, this bloke, but he needs a big track. And I just like the setup. Similar in the spring, he was running good races at Caulfield, going through the roof at Clark, the two rack with big weights. He then got to the Cantala, dropped in weight on the big track, and just missed. He's had the 59 both runs this prep. He comes through the draw rider, traditionally a good guide for this. He gets Jamie Carr and he drops to 53. So I think this is his chance to win a good race. No knock on Think It Over. He's got that tricky gate, but Glenn Boss has won this race many times, including from wide gates. He's got the big weight drop, of course, coming off the George Ryder win. That's usually a good guideline. And 19, Mawanga, another one with a shocking gate. 
But again, it's usually a good guide. Those coming back from 2,000 metres, four of the last 11 winners have done it. And he's the well-weighted three-year-old. They couldn't get at him. He's got the 49 and a half. So they're the four for me. Nine on top from 10, 12 and 19. Yeah, I'm in the corner of Cascadian and Joel more or less made my case for me. I like the improvement he showed when stepping into that Cantala last spring at Flemington um, to just miss there. I think he's going pretty well this this time in presence of the race third up. I really like the way he hit the line in the George Ryder. I won't get as far back this time, you'd think. Um, we'll, we'll be certainly in the back half of the field, but from barrier three, he can sort of posit closer than he did last start. He was last in the turn at Rose Hill. Um, and then the, the other key is he plummets from 59 to 53 kilos. So despite the, the year drought between wins, um, I think it's takes a lot of boxes, Cascadia, and will be my main bet. Only a fun star in other goes. She's just, well, she might have been a little bit disappointing last start on face value, but the start prior in the Chipping Norton, that, that ripping contest where she was half a length between some, some superstar horses, um, she's certainly going well enough, I think, this preparation, especially down the 52 and a half kilos. You can never doubt the stable in this race. Um, need a bit of luck from the wide draw. We've got the right jockey on board in Craig Williams, and she certainly wouldn't shock it, sort of around 17, 18 to 1. 18, yeah, Dash, who's um, just low flying at the moment, down, gets down on the 50 and a half kilos. It was an excellent win last start when plummeting in weight. Um, and I thought his win two back with the big weight and fighting back was um, was quite a, quite an effort. So he's he's stepping up quite a bit here in class, but he's he's flying and gets gets a low weight, yeah, Dash. And one mugger to the All-Star Mile winner in fourth. 10, 13, 18, 1. And just to... Uh give you a further boost in confidence about Cascadia and Daniel. The uh, emailed quotes from James Cummings this week about Cascadia and his track work. Since the George Ryder has been impressive and with average luck in running, he will be charging at the line like a runaway renegade. So look, I, I think if James Cummings really did say that... Away with words, James. Pardon? He's got away with words. I've seen some of those quotes. He, um, he, give, he gives you he, he, those quotes. You're right. He gives you some good, um, some good insight on his runners, and doesn't give the standard, you know, standard lines. I guess you can hear from most trainers. Well, yes, I'm wondering if he does in fact write these uh, lines himself or not. If he does, I think he's got a possibly got a future as a romance novelist. <laughs> uh, race ten. At Randwick on Saturday, China Horse Club PJ Bell Stakes, 1,200-metre group three, set weights and penalties for the three-year-old Phillies. Bring us home, Joel. Yeah, tricky race to finish off, but I've gone with Marbusha. I'm a big fan of her, so I'm going to step into her on Saturday. The one query I have is she didn't quicken in the Derby Munro last time out. She sort of just held her ground. She was kept coming to the line and didn't run badly. Just That was the soft seven. That was the wettest track she struck. So, you know, if we're working soft seven or even worse, if, you know, if more rain does come, that would make me a bit anxious. But I think if we're getting back to sort of a soft five-ish, that's going to play into her hands. That was a strong race, that Derby Munro. The Queensland Philly isotopes are a bit of a jet and the Group 1 winner Odium ran super in second. That was It was a hot race. Just think it was a bit stronger than this. So I've gone with three Marbusha. Six never talks, been well backed since markets went up. And that's probably because, you know, well, the rain we received last night. She was very good on that wet track in the light fingers. Backed it up with a good run in the surround. She comes off a little freshen. Two, Makrura. Now, she beat Marbusha in a listed race at Rose Hill uh, back in May. Uh, she's fresh for this, having won the Group 3 Typhoon Tracy seven weeks ago. She's certainly a leading player. And I've thrown in a real roughie for fourth. 16, Calgary Queen. I know she's only fallen into win those two races at Newcastle, but she's, she makes her own luck. She finds the front and sort of opens the field up and then keeps going. She has only just clung on to those wins, but both runners-up have since won. There's a bit of depth of the form, and I think she might fly under the radar at 60-1. to 1. But three Marbusha for me from 6-2 and 16. Yeah, I'm trusting that Derby Munro form as well. Marbusha in for second, second pick for me. She's a... Very talented filly. I've got plenty of time for, but I'm going to go with the New Zealand, uh, recent New Zealand important matchmaker on top. Comes out of that same race. Um, she's got a horror gate here she'll have to contend with, but James McDonald on board hopefully can offset that a little bit. Um, should be ready now, third up. 
since arriving from Australia. Um, I think, this, uh, yeah, she's. <clears throat> I thought her run was better than it looked. Than it appears in the form in the in the Derby Munro on a on a wet track, um, and I think ready to peak now. Matchmaker on top, so she's the main play. My busher will certainly be one of the ones to beat. Um, excellent win first up, very good turn of foot down the straight there, and then yeah, in that hot race last start, she she held her own. Five, Supreme Idea, um, racing well without reward this prep. And two, Makrura. Um, Seldom runs poorly. Knows that the line is winning four of four of eight. Four on top of three, five and two. And that wraps up a massive day one of the championships. To recap, Joel's best was race 10, number three, Marbusha. And his value bet in the Doncaster race nine, number nine, Aegon Daniels. Best race two, number two, Wheelhouse. And there you bet we just heard about race 10, number four, Matchmaker. In Melbourne on Saturday, they are racing at Caulfield, where there is a black-type race. It is race six, the Lamaro's Hotel Galilee Series Final, 2,400-metre listed race, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds, the best of them may uh, press on to the SA Derby and uh, others may head for the... BRC St. Ledger, some may go for both. Joel, what did you like in the Galilee the six through Irish eyes. Son of Tavistock out of a Zabiel mare. He'd been hitting the line really well in his first few runs. Blinkers went on at sale. He was just never going to lose the way he blended into the race. It was a smart ride by Ben Allen. He cruised into it five and six wide coming to the turn and, and put the field away nicely. I think there's a bit of upside about him. So I am with the six to beat... One, Lecuro, who's uh, going to be a short-priced favourite, and he's done little wrong. He's won three from four. He, of course, won the St. Ledger trial at Bendigo, so he's the hardest to beat. Eight, Olivia's game uh, did make ground behind him at Bendigo. She's ticking along nicely. And in for fourth, there's a few roughies with a bit of a chance. I've gone with five Furiosos. Only had the one run back. That was at Terang over 18.50, and he got back to last and hit the line really nicely. He's in the right stable to improve sharply up in trip six for me from one eight and five yeah, and with the one on top of the two the cindy alderson pair um, laquero and aruba speaking to her for an article in this weekend's paper earlier in the week and um, she said there wasn't a whole lot between them um, in her opinion uh, laquero has obviously been the one who's been able to do it on race day he's won three or four it was a very good ride from John McNeil in winning the St. Ledger trial, but he did it well on the line there. I think he'll only improve up in trip. Uh, Rubich probably hasn't had much luck this preparation, but the maiden winner, Werribee, was a, was, a, was a win of a good horse, and he wasn't far away in that Vobus Gold Reef two starts back. Um, had no luck last start in that St. Ledger trial, and I think with clear running, he'll certainly finish much closer to the, the stable, mate. So they're the top two for me, one on top of two. Eight, Olivia's game, always had plenty of time for her. Uh, in for fourth, I have the six through Irish eyes. One, two, eight, six. Uh, yeah, I went for, I thought Cindy Orson uh, had the strong hand here, and I went for Lacuro to beat Ruba. And for third and fourth, I had Storm's Colours and Yankee Diva. So one, two, three, ten. Uh was the way I went. In fact, I made Lacuro my best. My value bet uh, is race. Eight, number eight, Wycliffe, who uh, in typical John Barker fashion has come up $3.20 favourite. What about your specials, John? Uh, a bit of an old old mate here. Race three, number one, Superium. Uh, I think we got divorced, but we're getting back together again. First start for Team Hawks. He is a real talent on his day. He has often had bad luck in his races. I'm just hoping a bit of a switch in yard. And a drop in class. He's really well placed here in a 78 on some of his best form. Nice quiet trial in Sydney. If he doesn't win this, I think I'll be pretty quick to jump off. So he's the bet of the day for me. I've gone with Miyaki as my value, which is race eight, number six. He had no hope at Mornington first up, getting back to last over the mile, but I thought he warmed up quite nicely late. I liked a little jump out in between at Flemington last week, and he has improved sharply second up in the past. He's two from four second up, getting up in trip as he does on Saturday. Uh, the other one I liked a little bit, it was early in the day, race one, the first starter, number six, lucky decision. And the market quite likes him too. He's jumped out well with uh, his stablemates, uh, one of those that ran second uh, behind Najmati last week and also Lightsaber. 
who goes around in the size. So I think he's well-placed to perform well on debut. Yeah, I'll, not much to add re Miyaki. Uh, he's also my value bet on the cards. Um, yeah, I'd like to finish close up in a, a jump out at Flemington, but Flemington in between runs. As Joel said, second up record, very good. And he has beaten Charlie Rose, albeit over 2,530 metres. But up to 2,000, he's a pretty classy gelding. He can improve significantly and um, be hard to beat in race eight. The best for mine comes up in the last. No fancy price platoon, pretty short, but deserves to be on the back of his recent form. Um, thought it was, wasn't disgraced in an Australian Cup two back, and then at Bendigo in that golden mile behind the, the low-flying ironclad, he uh, rushed home, hit the line nicely. So platoon, the best on the card, race nine, number five, and the value, race eight, number six, Mayaki. All right, they are racing on the course proper at Morfordville on Saturday. And uh, we are starting to warm into the carnival there. Big fields, the order of the day. A couple of black type races. First of them is for the two-year-old fillies. It is race for the Amy Decatable Stakes, 1,050 metres at set weights. Daniel? Yeah, I liked Cloudy in that Vobus Gold Rush a couple of weeks ago. She went around a big price and, look, she sat wide throughout and sort of kept coming in the straight. It was... Um, there's no threat to the winner, Starry Legend, a pretty smart uh, galloper from the John Sadler stable who looks set for bigger and better things. But um, Cloudy wasn't too bad in behind her, running in, running into fourth. <clears throat> Gets a good draw this time around, and she shapes as being hard to beat. Um, the stable mate translation, I think, is the, the danger. Also, frosted filly. Uh, didn't beat much at Cranbourne first up, but the strength of the winner was uh, pretty convincing. She led all the way there and... and Never looked like being run down. She's got plenty of early speed, this filly. And look, she'll certainly take some catching. Three Champagne Dreams, first up, a debut winner. And in for fourth, I had the six Scream Queen. Thought the run was better than it looks on the form in that Vobus Gold Rush. And um, should be fitting our second up. One, two, three, six. Your value bet comes up in the other black type race on the Morfordville program. That's race seven, Port Adelaide Guineas. 1,800 metres, set weights for three-year-olds. It is. It's another horse I've, I was with last start who I think ran extremely well at Salt Peter last weekend. Um, never really liked where he was in running there. He was a mile back on the turn, but kept coming, jerk his task, and uh, was clearly the best of the run on horses. The, the race was dominated by those up on the speed. I think first three home finished third, fourth, and second in running, and fifth finished fur, uh, was settled about first in running. So <clears throat> Salt Peter was 11th on the turn and he was clearly the, the best of the run on horses. Gives the impression the, the longer trip will suit and the fact they're taking him into state a week later for this race um, indicates he's obviously pulled up pretty well. So he's on top. The 13, Chica Fuerte, um, did what she had to do at Mooney Valley last start. Was well rated out in front there. Um, love sensation. Who was second had some pretty good form in Sydney prior. One, let's crack a deal. It's come back well. And the 15, uh, Valentin. Valenetti, I think, see over, over the odds will improve up in trip. 4, 13, 1, 15. And that was your value bet. Just talk us through your best, which is race 5, number 11, Robe Bay. Yeah, really handy mare, this one. She was first up in a good race at Bendigo over um, over the 1,400 metres. Like a trip a little bit short of her best, uh, but she did have good first up form in the past, so I thought she'd run well there and and she did. She got back, and in a slowly run race, she was um, really one of the better run on one of the runs of the day. I thought there, <clears throat> she'll only improve second up up to sixteen hundred meters. Um, I think she ticks a lot of boxes in this road bay. I think she got a higher ceiling than her, than the horses she comes up against here. So expect her to win and win well. Eleven four eleven four five thirteen that race, but yeah, road bay the best of the day. Uh, Bucks. Joel, any I thoughts like on Adelaide? Zach Spain's rides in the uh, stakes races. As Daniel touched on, I thought Screen Queen's run was not too bad first up in that gold rush. And prior, prior to that, her, her debut run at Sandown, well, she wasn't far off translation. Who's going to go around a lot shorter in the market here in this race. So Screen Queen, I thought, could run well. And his ride in the Port Adelaide Guineas, Valinetti, uh, down the bottom. Uh, thought she showed good promise back in the spring. You know, we, we knew it wasn't a strong Sandown Guineas, but she was placed in it. Uh, she improved sharply second up when running on behind Ecumenical. Hopefully she can settle a bit closer and she might be ready to improve at, at good odds third up. 
Durban is the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. And, Daniel, your best comes up in the fourth, where there's one resuming here for Brett Kavanagh. Yeah, Fender, his name is. Um, he's unbeaten fresh, two from two, and trialled nicely in New South Wales at um, Scone, it was, around anyone in total recall who, who bolted in earlier in the week at Tamworth in an open handicap. I think Fender is much more upside than these in the benchmark 78 and <clears throat> the right jockey on board in Ryan Maloney. So I think Fender can continue his excellent first up record and, and take out race four. The value comes up in race eight. <clears throat> the Royal, Royal Witness, the, um, the six is ticking over pretty nicely. This preparation generally takes a few runs to get warm. He's fourth up now. Shouldn't have any real excuses. Well weighted the 54 and a half kilos on his back. We'll need a touch of luck from the draw. Um, but going as well as any of these, I think, and um, luck at the right time, will be will take plenty of holding out. Raw witness, race eight, number six. All righty, Ascot once again, the venue for Perth racing on Saturday. And it is WA Derby Day. Uh, race eight is the Schweppes WATC Derby. Three-year-old set weights, group two. 400,000, no great excitement there with uh, Western Empire just expected to win again at around about $1.50. BJ Ryan, our man in Perth, is with Western Empire but does think that uh, the Philly temptation could be the could be the danger if there is one. So that's race eight, one to beat eight, uh, two and seven. BJ's other numbers, there is another black type race there. That is race seven, the Marjorie Charleston Classics. Classic for Phillies and Mayors. Over 1,200, BJ likes number nine, Clairvoyance, to beat one, Watch Me Dance, three, Platinum Bullet, and two, Cryptic Love. And BJ's specials bookending the program, his best race one, number four, City Circle, and his value bet race nine, number nine, Dark Mission. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, there is some Group 1 action yeah, at Tayarawa. Uh, the final Group 1 of the season. I think they're over in New Zealand for the Mares, and it is a cracking lineup. We've got uh, Avantage, uh, the Tiakao star taking on Levante, who's very, very smart, and also Coventina Bay. Samantha Collar had a big decision to make between that, uh, that latter pair. She's gone with Levante, and I'll go with her as well, to beat. One, Avantage. Three, Coventina Bay. And four, Travelling Light, who's been just improving with each run this prep. She might be the sort of the knockout horse behind those big guns. My best for Tiara is race two, number six, Rosen Power. Jumped smartly to the front, um, gave a good kick. But the horse behind her that had the box seat run just proved a shade too strong first up. She'll be fitter for that. I think she'll take plenty of catching. And my value bet in the last, race eight, number nine, Eileen Grace. was a good winner three runs back. She's got two duck eggs next to her name now, but she had no luck getting clear two runs back. And then last time out, the saddle slipped at the 600 and the jockey didn't really have much hope on the mare. So forget those two runs. She can improve at odds with a light weight. Uh, the other meeting down the South Island at Rickerton, and we're waiting till late in the day. The best bet, race seven, number 10, all about magic. Very consistent sort. She was a winner three back. Her last couple of runs have been good to finish in the placings. Uh, she chased home the informed Belle Fashino last time out, who she clashes with again. I think she can turn the tables. And in the last, number 10, Sorceress. Form tapered off a little bit last prep, but I thought the recent trial was quite good. Uh, paired off with another runner, and I thought trial quite good. And is the sort that can bob up in a race like this first up, race eight, number 10. All righty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast and brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Yes, well, look, last week's Lazy Lobster is probably the less said the better. Uh, any excuses, no, gentlemen? No, well, I should have gone Najmati. Should have, could have, would have, and I went in the front, man. So, <laughs> no, nothing from out. Try to bounce back this week, Bucks. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not much for me with uh, Shandy either. Uh, 
it didn't have uh, the best of luck, but it was probably only a difference between being fifth and fourth. Uh, I'm going to go Lacuro. So that is uh, that is Caulfield, and that is race six, number one. Yeah, I'm getting Joel. sick of these win bets, so I'm going to play a, a duet, give the listeners something a bit different. In the Adrian Knox Stakes, as <laughs> referenced, I've gone very rough. So let's box those four up and chuck in the Godolphin horse flexible. So we're boxing five horses, two dollar duet. Uh, race four, numbers are three, numbers six, please, ten, yeah. twelve, and fourteen. Uh, despite all right, despite all the good racing in Melbourne and especially Sydney, I'm pretty keen on one in Adelaide. Uh, I think the eleven road Baser. Progressive mare, and she'll win better the races than this in time. So race five, Morpheville, number 11, 20 on Robe Bay Bucks. All righty, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post, if you haven't already, all the form for Friday, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, and uh, plenty of good reading and the rest of uh, all those features besides. Have a great day one of the championships, back plenty of winners, and we'll